Happy Valentine's Day, everybody, or at least a day later, and welcome to a very special episode of Made Man, the cutest, most romantic Mad Men podcast in all of cyberspace. And today, I've watched Mad Men Season 7, Episode 5, The Runaways. Notice I didn't say, I just watched, or I just finished. That's because I watched it hours ago. You think I'm bad at remembering things when I just watch it? Wait until you hear what I have to say about this episode that I watched this morning. But before we go any further, let's take a moment to hear from today's sponsor. Three, oh, it's the magic number. Oh, yeah, it is. It's the magic number. Oh, boy, a lot happens in this episode. A lot. Um, and some of it is character. Some of it is a big moment in plot. And it just kind of like happened by accident. And it was really like the last end of the end of the show. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there. Uh, there's no Roger. There's no Joan. There's no Bert. Um, I don't think we had any, um, any Ken, no Pete, no West, well, I wouldn't say no West Coast, because there was West Coast, but there was no, uh, California office. Um, but we did have, um, some interesting things happen with Ginsburg, some interesting thing happened with Don, uh, Harry plays a part in this, and, um, we do get, uh, Henry, and uh, let's just let's just go with it. Let's go. So this episode opens up with um, Stan at the Xerox machine. Uh, and what does he find? He finds a cartoon cartoon. What was it called? Scout's Honor. Uh, it was basically it looked like Beetle Bailey to me. And uh, they even brought up Beetle Bailey, Mort Walker. I looked it up to see if this was a um, like a, in like the beginning of Beetle Bailey. Is this how it started? And is this like them telling that story? But no, Beetle Bailey exists in this world. And it's just uh, Lou. You know Lou, the guy who took over Don's job? Well, he's a curmudgeon. He seems uh, like a real, I don't know, just like a, a, a stick in the mud. And yet he also is a cartoonist. He uh, accidentally, his secretary, left um, art that he's doing, comic strips that he's doing, uh, at the Xerox machine, and Stan found them. And Stan is excited to um, kind of make fun of them. Uh, I wonder if we should just stick with this story, because, well, yeah, why don't we Why don't we stick with this story? Because it's kind of, it ends, I, I dare I say it ends tragically. Um, so they're in the office joking about Scout's honor, and at that point, uh, Don is there with them in this meeting, and... Um, I forget how it comes up, but, oh, first the secretary's like, you can't have these, you can't have these. And, um, then at a certain point, um, they're in the bathroom, stands in the bathroom with another, uh, dude, a name I don't remember. And he's, um, they make a joke about scout. Oh, you can't get that girl because scouts on her, get it? Scouts on her. Uh, and then of course, Lou comes out of the bathroom. What I've noticed recently is that Lou seems to always be there when they don't want him there. They brought up, um, you know, what was it? Um, Peggy said how Lou doesn't know anything about creative. Lou was right behind them. 
This was after they talked about the office being changed around because of the computer. Now they're they're making fun of his cartoon and he's in the bathroom. And he comes into a meeting and he's all pissed off and stands like, I don't know what you heard, but we're just like, we, you know, um, they, they're joking. They're making fun of it. Lou gets all pissy about it and talked about, um, you know, someone with a dream. This is how things get started. Blah, blah, blah. Um, really, what he does is he ends up uh, being pissy about them and saying, you know what? I don't want to see what you're working on now. I want to see finished product and we're not leaving till we do. So you better get dinner. So he's realizing he's leaving. He's making everyone work late over the stuff and he makes them all stay late uh, to the point where um, Don had to miss a flight. We'll get there. We'll get there. And then while Don is working on the stuff, he comes in at the end of the day and Lou says, oh, you know what? Never mind. I can see this Monday. Have a good night. So he just kept them there to bust their balls. Uh, Don said something about, you know, you shouldn't let them, you know, don't let them do this to you. Don't let them get to you about this stuff. And Lou's like, I'll, the, you know, the day I will never take uh, uh, management uh, advice from Don Draper. And um, really, I guess this is a stressful job that they're working on. Uh, and who's it get to the most? It seems like it's getting to Ginsburg. Now, in the last episode, we saw Ginsburg um, have an issue with the computer. Like, he had an issue that they were losing their space. He had an issue that a computer was being installed. He didn't like it. He didn't th- he, he's this whole conspiracy of, you know, the, um, the computers are going to replace us. And it's bothering him. The humming of the computer is bothering him. Uh, it's, he's, he's been complaining about that. He stays late for work one day and he hears the humming of the computer and he gets annoyed humming of the computer. It's bothering him. He takes two tissues, shoves them in his ear, feels a little better about it. But then he goes out into the uh, office cause he's staying late. He's all alone and he looks and inside the computer room is Lou and Jim. Now they're in there. It looks like they're having to us. It just looks like they're talking, right? But because it's a TV show, uh, because of how it's uh, portrayed to us, I'm thinking, oh, is this some kind of secret meeting that we're not supposed to know about? Is that why they're in there so no one can hear them? But in reality, they could be meeting about the computer. They could be meeting about anything. Uh, you know, it just so happens the way we see it is the way Ginsburg sees it. And he's like, what the hell's going on in there? So he shuffles back before he gets noticed, shows up at Peggy's door. Uh, and he's like, um, you know, I need to... Uh, work here. He's all annoyed. He can't work at the office. Uh, he, can he find a quiet place to work here? I don't know why he can't work at home. I, f- I forget. He might have said something, but um, he was looking for a quiet place to work and he wanted to work at, uh, at Peggy's. And what he actually says is, um, no, he, um, this is the crazy thing is he goes, the buzzing is getting to me and I saw them having a secret meeting and I think it's turning them into homos. That's what he said. It feels so antiquated, like that term. It's a derogatory, obviously a derogatory term for for gay people. But even that just felt like, um, like that was a like that was a word I heard a lot in the '80s. It must have you know started then in the '60s. Um, but it's like the fact that he said it a couple of times, I think I think Jim and Lou are, are homos, and and the and the and the um, the computer is turning them into it. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be turned into that. And he's like, "Can I just work here?" And um, Peggy's like, uh, "Okay." Um, that's fine. She's a little annoyed. Her neighbor, her neighbor friend is there, uh, the little boy there to watch TV and he just goes, works in the corner. Now later, Peggy is asleep, kind of wakes up and there's Ginsburg standing over and he's like, um, I'm all pent up. I know what I need to do. He starts leaning over and trying to kiss her 
and basically trying to um, force himself on her. Not completely force himself on her, but like try to get some action going. She pushes him back, says, no, get out of here. This can't happen. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. She goes, um, I need, he's like, I need to uh, relieve myself or something. She's like, you can do that yourself. And um, she's like, you need to you know, go home. And he's like, okay, I, um, I, um, I'm Paul, you know, you don't have to make the big deal about this. You don't have to report this, he says, you know, so he, you think, okay, this guy is socially awkward as it is. He's, he's stressed out about work. He's stressed out about the, um, the, uh, the computer and he obviously has some feelings for Peggy, I guess. She says, um, so she kicks him out. And you think, oh, that's weird, you know. He, he and it's funny because Ginsburg always looks like he has his clothes on that's too, like two sizes too big, just big puffy clothes. I don't know if that's because that's all he can afford. That's his dad's. I don't know, but it's just he always dresses where he looks a little frumpy. So he shows up to work on, um, I'll say Monday, the next day, whatever day it is. And this is where it gets downright sad. It gets a little spooky, a little creepy, and just sad uh, because you realize at this point that, that Ginsburg has kind of, I don't know, he snapped. He might be schizophrenic. Something is going on because he shows up to Peggy's office and he's like, I want to apologize about the other night. Um, You know, I I realize now that, you know, I have feelings for you and I, I, you know, I, he just apologized. She's like, Oh, Michael, you know, you don't have feelings for me. This happens sometimes, um, you know, in, uh, in workplaces. And um, because I realize, you know, um, that, He's like kind of trying to make up to her. And she's like, oh, you know, she's she's blowing it off. Not a big deal. And he goes, and I got I, I gave you a little something. I, I'm feeling a lot better now. She takes this little package, opens it up, and it's his nipple. He tore off his nipple. And he's like, it's my nipple. I I, I took it off. Um, he, he, he cut it out to relieve the stress of all the bad things that are in him. And now is out, and he feels so much better. And awesome acting. Peggy, like, flips out. And says, can you sit down for a second? Can you stay here? And she leaves the room and she is shook. And it's like before she leaves, she gets one more look at Ginsburg. And this was like where you like, felt bad because he didn't look stressed. He didn't look concerned. He didn't look like, oh, what have I done? He looked so content and so relaxed. And he's like, yeah, that went good. Like, almost like like everything went to as as planned. She just kind of grabs the nearest phone and makes a phone call. Uh, and the next thing you see is Stan uh, is Ginsburg strapped to a bed being taken out by, I'm guessing, you know, a psychiatric hospital. Uh, uh, Stan's going with him. Um, and you just he's like, don't you know, he's yelling, um, don't let them change you or don't let them get to you or something. He's yelling one more thing where you realize there's still something going on. So he's obviously lost his um, his mind. You know, something's cracked. And I feel bad because I like the actor and the character. I almost feel like I want to go watch Superstore now because he's in it. Um, and he's very creative. He's one of the best creative minds they have. But it's like, this is the seventh season. This is the final season. We're in the last, you know, chunk of episodes is this the end of Ginsburg? Are we never going to see him again? I'm sure he'll be mentioned. Are we going to see him in a hospital? Are we going to see him recovering? Are we going to see him on medicine and apologizing? Um, or are we just never going to, like, are we just going to hear him be talked about? It's like there's not a lot of room for him to have another story arc 
or to come back um, from something where it's like this might be the end. So it's sad. And it's also sad because of um, what actually is happening to him. It's crazy. Um, and I think that's the end of that story. And that was like towards the end of the episode. So why don't we rewind and talk about um, let's talk about Betty and 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 uh, Henry Henry Francis Betty and Henry Francis. So let's see. There's a few things going on here. Uh, so Betty is there. It seems like they're throwing a dinner party, or there's dinner parties going on throughout the neighborhood, and um, Betty. It, it, this is what I heard. He, he's like, you, we can have the, the maid do that. And she's setting up all the fine silver. She's like, she can handle the homework. I'll handle the silver. So first of all, she's not doing her kid's homework with her. But second of all, what I heard was, I'm not going to let her touch our fine silver. Maybe that's a racist thing. Maybe she's afraid she's going to steal it. But that's what I heard. That's what I got out of it. Uh, maybe, it's a, maybe it's just a, you know, a, a comment that really wasn't um, a worry. Like it wasn't a, an innocent comment. But that's what I heard from it. Um, and so they're having this dinner party and at one point there, these people show up and they're talking, um, and they start talking about the Vietnam war. Um, and Betty is like supporting it, saying like, she's for the war. And Henry's like, I think they should get out of there. And, and, and like, uh, I I think he was more like, don't want to rock the boat. So later he comes and, and yells at Betty like, what the hell was that? She was, I just went to four houses by myself and, um, you know, what the hell? How's your headache? So obviously she got a quote unquote headache and didn't want to leave and do anything with him because she was pissed at him for being upset with her. And he was upset with her for, I guess, talking, <laughs> having political thoughts where she shouldn't be. Now, that's a sexist thing, but. In a way, I understood what he meant. He is a government official. He shouldn't be throwing his opinion out there, especially his, and his wife's opinion out there, when there's something um, like to be lost. In other words, he doesn't want anyone upset with his opinions. He doesn't want his opinions known. He's there to, to work for the people. So it's like, don't even talk about this stuff. I don't want anyone to know about it. Like, don't even bring this stuff up. I don't have to argue or um, or... Uh, like even get my opinion out there or have to like, um, uh, you know, talk. What I can't think of the word, but like I have to, he, does, he, does, he doesn't have to um, uh, defend himself about his thoughts. He doesn't want to have to do that. So it's like, Betty, I didn't, he's like, Betty, um, you need to not talk. I, I can't, I, it's been a while. I can't do it. Uh, and Betty's all pissed at him and they're fighting and fighting and fighting. And you feel bad because there's Bobby outside listening and it's like ah oh, Bob's already had a um, he's already had his mom and dad break up and now he could it be uh, mom and and stepdad um, so here's the thing uh, then later in the episode uh, Henry shows up with um, Sally Sally's got her face all taped up and Betty this is where you see Betty's like her not self her like her um, just I can't think of the words like the ego, the um, the the not the modest, the lack of modesty, something where it's like the the she's not thinking about the most um, her priorities aren't straight. So she's all, you know, I guess um, they were playing with golf clubs and they were being stupid 
and Betty, I mean, Sally got whacked in the face and her nose got busted and it's being taped up. So um, Betty is all upset because uh, that's her perfect nose. She's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't have your, I, I, you gave me that perfect nose. She's, she's like, I did give you that perfect nose. Look what you did with it. Blah, blah, blah. And Sally like rips into her and is like, oh, you know, like saying, what's the difference? You know, uh, you didn't, you didn't, I, she was like being really bitchy to her, to her mother. Like you just find someone to marry, blah, blah, blah. I don't remember exactly. It was, it was a while ago, uh, but it was in, it was like brutal and I love the 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 Sally Draper ca- like actor. She's she's really good, and um, it's just uh, her ripping into her mother because again I think she's more mature sometimes than her mother. So her ripping into her mother, I I always like. She runs upstairs and and is all um, um you know pissy, uh, all um, upset. And uh, later Bobby goes into the bedroom and. He's sad because he doesn't get to see her anymore. He's sad because they were fighting and he's afraid they might break up. And Sally's like, don't worry about it. Um, they, th- those two are like peas in a pod. You know, they'll, they'll, they're made for each other. They're not going to break up. Um, and then, because uh, you know what? Wh- whatever you want to say, Henry Francis is not a bad man. He just isn't. Um, and he... Uh, so Bobby climbs into bed with her and she's like, you're not going to piss, are you? He's like, I don't do that anymore. So it was just, it was nice to see that the brother and sister um, care about each other. The brother and sister, like that they're still not, I want to say, yeah, there's still a, a, a nice bond between them. So um, that was nice to see. And then really, I think the last of the the Henry, um, the Henry, uh, what's it called? Betty storyline is um, that he comes home one day and she's sitting at the d- kitchen table reading and he's like, um, oh, come on, let's go sit in the other room. She goes, I don't want to. I want to sit here. So she starts pouting, doing her classic Betty pouting. He's like, I don't want to sit here. This is, let's, you, I don't want to sit out here. And she goes, I do. And she's upset because if I want to sit here, I can sit here, blah, 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 talking about like, you know, she should be able to do what she wants. Basically because Henry told her, don't talk about your, don't give your opinion. And she's like, I can do what I want, uh, and I have my own mind. Um, and he made some comment about, what are you going to do with that? And she's like, I don't know. I might. He goes, why don't you run for for office? And she's like, he goes, maybe I like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I don't know if that's like a precursor for her actually running for something, but um, I just thought that was interesting, and I wanted to uh, mention that. And yeah, I, I, I'm kind of. You can tell I watch this hours ago. Uh, I'm done with that storyline. I think that's it. That's really it for them. I mean, let's get to the good stuff. Shall we get to the good stuff? The Don Draper stuff. So Don actually, um, in the morning rides up in the elevator with, uh, with Peggy. And it's funny cause Peggy's like, oh, I'm really glad you're, um, you know, you're on this team for whatever. And she goes, you know, and you're going to do, she basically was like, and you're part of the team. He's like, that's what I asked for. So he's kind of being like, um, he's being the good soldier now. He's not the lead. He's even though he's a he's a partner, even though he's the quote unquote creative director, he's not, and he's just another grunt in the creative department. Um, but I think Freddie got to him. Remember Freddie Rumson last time said, "Do the work. That's how you'll get back in." And he was like, "So it seems like he's the good soldier now." And Peggy just wanted to make sure he knows his place, and he seems like he does. Um, so he's in his office, 
and he gets a phone call from his niece. And who is it? It's Stephanie, uh, Katie Lotz, uh, you know, um, Anna Draper's niece from California. Uh, the actress, she's in Legends of Tomorrow. She's in the CW, all that Arrow Universe stuff. Um, but she is calling. She looks a little dirty, and she looks very hippie, and she looks very pregnant. And she's calling Don just because she doesn't know who else to call. And she said, if you ever need anything, and, and he is so cool about it. He doesn't judge her. He doesn't, um, he doesn't feel frustrated about her. He looks at her as a kid and he is nothing but respectful to her. I think it has to do with, uh, his love and admiration for Anna Draper. It, it, he was just like, whatever you need. Why don't you, um, here, I'm going to give you my wife's phone number. You go stay with her for a little while. I'll be out there. Um, I'll be out there this weekend. Whatever you need. Uh, and then he talk, he calls his wife and she, someone else answers the phone. He's like, who's that? Oh, it's my friend. Um, and he explains to what's going on. And she said, um, of course, whatever you, you know, I'm so sorry you're going through this. I'm so sorry she's going through this. Whatever you need, Don. She was even respectful to it, which was interesting. Um, that she wasn't frustrated about it, but I think she knows who these people are. She knows who Anna Draper is. So she's not, at least she's not frustrated with him about that because she knows this part of his story. So, um, he, this is when he was going to leave, uh, to catch a plane and he goes into Lou's office and he gives his work early and he said, um, you know, I wanted to see this. I forget what he said, but uh, Lou was like, you think you, I've seen this before. You think you're showing up with your, with your, um, hat and, um, your, your jacket and you're just going to leave early. He goes, what about everyone else? He goes, what would you do? He goes, I'd, I'd let you go, Lou. I almost think he meant I'd let you go. Like I'd fire you. But, um, Lou's, Lou didn't let him go. He's like, you know, I need to give me the finished stuff by the end of the day. You can, you know, whatever can wait. So he calls, um, and the girl shows up. That's kind of interesting. They they um, they talk to each other a little. She's like, "Oh, I know all of Don. I know all about Don's." Um, he didn't say secrets, but like he made it seem like you know she knows everything there is to know about Dick because she calls him Dick. It's weird calling him Don. And um, but Don calls back later and is like, "I have to. I can't come till tomorrow." Um, he was supposed to go next weekend. He still says he's going next weekend, but now he has to come for tomorrow. So um, she is going to end up staying the night at um, with Megan. Uh, and Megan, you know, she's not sure what to do. She wants she cooks him some dinner, says take a shower, hit some fresh clothes, do whatever you need to do. Um, Don won't be here till tomorrow. So um, they there was some talking between them. And talked about the boyfriend who's in jail for dealing grass. And um, it got to the point where she was like, I'm thinking of, you know, not waiting. I'm going back. And Megan's like, Can, will $1,000 help you? So Megan knows that she needs money and just writes her a check for $1,000. Obviously, I'm going to say it's Don's money. Um, and she's like, that would be that would be very helpful. Thank you. Um, and then I thought, is she faking this whole thing? Like, are we going to see her later? And she doesn't, she's not pregnant. No, that's not the case. Um, I don't think Don, I'm trying to remember now. I don't know if, does Don see her at all? No, he doesn't. So Don shows up the next day and, um, he's like, 
he's like, where is she? She's gone already. She is. And uh, he's, she's like, well, you're here. Why don't you stay? He meets the friend who's still kind of like, who are you? What do you like? Sh- she was there first. And I mean, look, I just want to let's get her all around this and get to the important stuff. So I forget the order of this, but um, Megan has thrown a party. She's thrown a party and um, she is uh, um, like her, her, all her actor friends are there. And Don is kind of like, all right, I guess I'll hang out here. He's still, he's wearing his, like his laid back blazer, which still makes him look like a, like a square compared to like, uh, um, you know, all these hippy dippy people that are there, all these cool hippy dippies. So the party's going on, people are playing music, Megan's dancing with a guy, Megan, and then Megan is like getting all, you know, close and kissy with, uh, Don. And then the door opens up and in walks Harry Crane with some woman. And he's like, Don? Harry? And you can see Harry's face like, Urgh. He goes, oh, this is um, whoever, and I'm here. Uh, she's a potential client. I'm here she get, trying to get her some leads, meaning this is my girl, this is my girlfriend or the girl I'm cheating on my wife with. Because remember, Harry Crane is a bastard. Um, and Don's like, why don't we go out for a drink? He calls him right there on the, on the block. He's like, come on, let's get out of here. He looks at the girl. He's like, uh, I, well, Harry was like, I didn't know it was this Megan's party. Just happens to go to um, Megan's party. Now, this is where things may take a major turn for Don Draper. So he and Henry, he and Harry go out for a drink. And um, Harry starts talking about, you know, uh, I always liked you, Don. I always, I'm always there for you. We got to get more for you. We got to do this. He's like, Harry. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell your wife. Oh, why would you tell my wife? What was that to tell my wife? You're not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. He's like, well, you know, um, he does give him a little bit of advice or a little bit of, of inside baseball. He's like, I probably shouldn't tell you this, but um, they're working. Um, Lou and um, Jim are working, are going after Commander. Now, when he first said that, I thought I thought they meant they're going for a hostile takeover to take out Roger and be the leads of the firm. But no, it turns out they're going after Commander Cigarettes. Commander Cigarettes. Yes, Cigarettes. Cigarettes is the comp- is the is the um, product that uh, Sterling Cooper Draper Price backed out of because Don wrote that scathing letter about the cigarettes. And then he went and started working for the uh, the, the Cancer Society, uh, the anti-smoking crowd. So Don realizes this. And he's like, oh, and, he, and he's like, I'm telling you this because if, you know, if they get it, basically, if they get the cigarettes, Don can't work there. He's a conflict of interest. He's he is, um, you know, against everything or the cigarette company is against everything he did. And he's like, um, oh, I see. Uh, but instead of, um, you know, backing down and realizing, well, I'll just wait to be fired. He sees this as an opportunity. But before. He um, strikes at this opportunity. Uh, Don gets another opportunity. Now, I was like, I, I, I have to say, I, I was watching my computer. I watched it on my laptop. And when it was happened, I was like, I literally said out loud, oh, boy. Don comes home from the party, from the drinks, and the party's all cleaning up. And Megan is, um, he, she's, uh. 
all kissy with him. And she's like, come on, let's go. And takes, oh, puts him in the bedroom. And he, he's like, I need to go to bed. He's really tired. I want to go to bed. So he just goes in the bedroom, takes off his shirt. And inside the bedroom comes not Be- uh, Megan, but the friend. And then Megan. And they both sit down on the bed. And, and Don's like, what in the world is going on here? And she's like, do you, you know, basically Megan's like, uh, you know, I don't even know what she said, but I was like too distracted by what was actually happening. But Don was like, um, I'm not, I, and I'm, I'm very tired. I don't, he almost was like, I don't know if I want to do this. And then she grabbed him in a certain spot. And he was, she was like, I, I think you are into this. I think you are ready. And why don't you kiss her? So he starts kissing the friend, and then Megan starts kissing the friend. Then they climb on each other. They start undressing, and um, then you realize this is basic cable, and that's the end of it. But uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, old Donnie Draper went to California, and um, uh, he he, uh, he had the uh, the triple Lindy. Well, the triple Lindy's from Back to School, but you know what I'm saying. Donnie Draper, uh, well, I guess Megan would call it a menage uh, right? That is what her family would call it, menage uh, Yes, Don and Megan and this other woman got it on. Now, it's weird because afterwards it seemed pretty awkward. So Don got up and Megan was making breakfast and uh, Don was like, um, I have to go, uh, you know, I have to get back to work. Something really important came up. Um, and Megan was a little like, okay. And then the friend came out and looked really awkward. She's like, hi, I need to go. Goodbye. And she walked out awkward. Don's like, I need to go take a shower. And Megan just looked upset too. Like, oh, what have I done? Now, um, I, I think the episode ends with, uh, Don. So the episode, I think I'm done here. I think I've covered just about everything except the, the major moment at the end. So Don, I guess he figured out where the meeting was happening. Maybe he figured out through Harry, whatever. So Jim and Lou are meeting with all these tobacco folks. Don walks right into the meeting, says, I apologize for being late. He sits down with them and he goes, he's like, Jim, Lou, they don't expect him there. They looked shocked, but trying to cover up how pissed they are. And he basically says, look, I understand um, you, you know who I am. And he calls, he calls, not the bluff, but he says how they can be used. He goes, I know I'm the best cigarette man there is. I know everything about cigarettes. He goes, um, he goes, it wasn't against your product. I was trying to save my firm. And, um, you know, I fought and won for the cigarette companies in, uh, in 62, 63, 65. I worked for the opposition. I know how they think. I know what they're looking for. So he says all these things that are really actually helpful uh, but he doesn't want to. And he says, and if it doesn't work out and if you need me to, I will resign. So he calls everything out right then and there. And it seemed to intrigue them. Um, they leave the room and um, Jim and Don, I mean, Jim and, and Lou were almost like, um, I forget what they said, but it was like, you don't, you don't think this is going to uh, win you back or something. And Don was just cool as a cucumber. I, I wish I remember what he said. Was he like, we'll see, or something like that? He just walks out, goes and catches a cab, and, um, oh, no. he um, He's down there, stairs with them. They all come out. He lets them get in the cab, and they were like, that's when they said, um, 
um, you know, you don't think this doesn't get you back in or the graces. I forget, but they say something to him and he's like, uh, he just was cool as a cucumber. I just wish I remember what he said. It was hours ago. If I just watched, I probably would remember. But he got he closed the door on them, let them go, and then very confidently with his hat on, blew a whistle for a new taxi to come. And that's where the episode ends. So, like I said, a ton happened in this episode. Um, Ginsburg snapped and gave his nipple to um, to, uh, to to Peggy. I want to say, though, that I still am more unnerved by Betty giving her hair to Glenn in season one. That still bothers me more because Ginsburg obviously has mental issues. What is Betty's excuse for giving her hair to a child? Yes, I suppose it's more extreme cutting your nipple off and giving it in a tiny little gift box to your boss. But is it is it worse than giving your hair to a child? Maybe. It's debatable. But um, is that the end of Ginsburg? I don't know. I felt bad for Stan, too, because you could see how hurt Stan was and upset Stan was because Ginsburg's his co-worker and his friend. Uh, and you just feel bad. Um, you, you don't feel bad for Lou because you don't like him. And even though his cartoon had good little art, uh, you kind of la- they, I liked when they laughed about him and made fun of him. And I liked that he over, he always overhears people talking about him and laughing about him. Um, Sally, her nose, there was no breaking. It doesn't need to have surgery or anything like that. She'll be fine. She just really is annoyed by her mother. And her mother seems to be annoyed by her husband. And uh, the husband seems to be annoyed by the wife. There's a lot of annoying going on there. And Bobby just wants to make sure nobody breaks up. Uh, but Sally's like, don't even worry about it. Um, we'll see what's going to happen with uh, Henry and um, and Betty, I guess, because we have to. Uh, and, and Harry... Guess what? Harry was cheating on his wife. Surprise, surprise. What a turd. Uh, he just didn't like being caught. And to the point where he, because Don was going to not say anything, he probably wouldn't have said anything anyway. But Harry gave him a little information, a little information that um, Don realize, realizes he can use for his benefit. And he might have just done that. He might have just found a crack in the door to get himself back in to uh, for, I don't know, one last big win. We'll see. Um, I'll have to say that he did have a big win the night before when his wife and his wife's actress friend uh, both made love to him. I think that would be a win for Don Draper. Uh, even though everyone felt, felt pretty awkward afterwards, uh, it was, um, I have to say, um, not a bad night, not a bad episode for Don overall. You know, um, he didn't get to see his niece, his quote-unquote niece, who he's uh, very uh, nice to and very good to, but... He, they were able to help her and give her some money. Uh, we'll see what that is. She was back in, um, was she in Oakland or L.A. back when they talked next. Um, I wonder if we'll ever see them again or if this is the end of that. Uh, or maybe the baby will be born and be called Little Richard. Uh, after Little Richard the singer, not Dick Whitman. I don't know where I'm going with this. My friends, I think I've covered everything. I assume Roger is still coming back from his daughter's um he's still walking home from the daughter's commune uh i don't know where where bird is but maybe he's just um somewhere with his shoes off pete is off in california with ted we don't know what's going on there he pete's with his realtor girlfriend uh harry's in california because harry goes to california a lot that's where he goes to work on tv deals and sleep with women who aren't his wife um and yeah i think and of course uh peggy Peggy is, you know, having to deal with the the 
shock of a man giving his nipple to her. I never thought I'd say those words, especially about this television program. But yet here we are. Here we are, my friends, and I think we've covered everything. The next steps are, are we ever going to see Ginsburg again? Um, what is happening with, is Megan and Don, can they survive this? Uh, what's going to happen with Henry and, and Betty? And really, did Don find his way back in to not the good graces of his coworkers, but the need? Is he, is he becoming a necessity, a more of a commodity than he currently is, where they need him and um, have to give him more power, more control? I certainly hope so. But we're not going to find that out until at least next week. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? We are, like, closing in on, like, what do we have? Nine episodes left after this? This is maddening. Nine more weeks, and then I'm gone forever. Uh, Someone on Twitter, oh, my God, I wish I remembered your name, buddy. Uh, Someone on Twitter just mentioned that he's rewatching Mad Men. For the seventh time. Yes, seventh time. So I, I was like, oh, it's definitely a show worth uh, re-watching at least once or six other times after that. Uh, and I just want to give a shout out. I'm pulling up Twitter right now. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Of course, TweetDeck is the slowest. Um, so why don't I say you can find me on Twitter at MadeManPod or at GeekMentality. The website is fansnotexperts.com, and we also are on Twitter at fansnotexperts. Um, and the I want to mention that uh, a couple things I want to mention. Where are you? Where are you? I found you, Mr. David Allen, at Piano Lullaby on Twitter, said that he's uh, enjoying the podcast, and he's about he's on his seventh rewatch, but it's the first time watching it all the way through the seventh season. So I'm guessing that he rewatched it like the first two seasons, or maybe he's rewatched like when they only had four seasons or five seasons. And now he's rewatching the whole thing. Um, awesome. 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 Oh, also, I don't know if I mentioned this, but, um, Mad Men, the official Mad Men Twitter account is following me made man on Twitter. How awesome is that? So show some love to Mad Men at Mad Men underscore AMC. And tell them how how handsome I am, if you can. Um, Also, a tweet that I literally just saw now. And I am literally liking and retweeting this tweet at this exact moment. Killer Rabbit, at Killer Rabbit Pod, gave me a shout-out. He gave a few podcasts a shout-out. I'm going to talk about them all. Murder Up North, Zombie Fishbowl, Drinkopedia Pod, and Made Man Pod. Awesome. Thank you for the tweet, Killer Rabbit. The Killer Rabbit Pod, which, at uh, Killer Rabbit Pod. Find them. They're a podcast as well. I'm going to have to listen to them, too. Check them out. Thank you, thank you, thank you very, very much. Um, so cool. So cool. Uh, this podcast is almost over, too. Oh, well, it, the nice thing is, is it lives on. So when, um, when David watches Mad Men for uh, the eighth time and the ninth time, he can go back and listen to Made Men, too. Oh, cool. Made man, because I'm one man. Uh, yeah, I think that's it, huh? Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So, I'm going to go from my normal speaking voice now down to um, a much cooler voice. Much like, like this is the voice that I would use if I rode a motorcycle or um, if I 
um, you know, had long hair and um, had a chain from my wallet to my belt. Uh, if I wore leather boots or um, if I knew how to swing a hammer um, or work, worked in carpentry, I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, I know that I want to, that I don't do any of those things. But what I do do is laugh when I say do do. Uh, what I do do is thank you for listening and thank you for subscribing and thank you for coming along with me as I continue my journey and almost finish my journey in the drive and strive to become a maid man. Fans not experts.